tweak it a little bit. There you go. There's your little edge. Your little edge. Oh my finger. God, that's huge. Okay. <laughs> All right. So th this podcast, we got. I'm gonna call her Doctor D forever. You are. But Almost her, did. Her name is Doctor Reno. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that in front of you so it faces you. That's right. Yeah. That way you can. No, that's, that's Reno that's time. You. <laughs> Oh, so I can constantly there you remember. Go. Mm -hmm. I can put like a little floaty text above her head all the time. Mm -hmm. this is yeah. <laughs> just like a, yeah. the arrow can, points down. Can you include the Saturday <laughs> Night Live skit? I don't even notice. Yes, it's <laughs> Reno time. Yeah, if, it big, skit, if it was a big right. deal to you, I would make a bigger effort, but yeah. it's not a big deal to her, so it's... Well, I mean, we called her Dr. D for so long yeah. with no name. So now, even to say... Dr. Reno. Even though it's a short name, it's uh -huh. like this big production. It's too many syllables. And, and my iPhone, and my iPhone recognizes, and it just does Dr. D automatically for me because it knows that's who I'm talking to. That's right. Whatever. So before we get into any subject matter, I, I, one of the things I kind of want to touch base on, and I'm gonna, this is going to be a cold call on you because I didn't even give you a warning of this. Nice. But I kind of want your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, like, how you decided you wanted to be a vet? Put yourself through vet school. How did that? How did that happen for you? So, always wanted to be a vet. Drove my mom crazy because I would never play with dolls. <laughs> it was only stuffed animals and briar horses and that kind of stuff. And the only reason I had a Barbie doll was so it could ride the horse. <laughs> skipper and no, that wasn't Skipper. It was Gumby. One was Skipper. There's a Skipper. There was a Skipper. Chelsea. There's a Chelsea. Yeah. Gumby so, and Pokey. I had Gumby and Pokey. Pokey was ours. Pokey was but ours. I grew up in Dallas. Um, I did have. She dated horses. herself on that. Do what? <laughs> she just dated herself on Gumby, Gumby and Pokey. And Pokey. <laughs> Our listeners know who Gumby and Pokey is. I know who Gumby and Pokey is. But uh, <sighs> I actually ended up. Uh, doing horse training for a few years and then got into vet tech and I was a vet tech for eight years before I went to vet school. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Well, actually reception, kennel, and vet tech. And uh, I went back in 2008 to, to get my prereqs for vet school. And, or no, no, that was 98. Sorry. Because <laughs> I graduated vet school in 05. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, but yeah, by the time I graduated vet school, I'd been a tech for 11 years. Wow. So, and I did tech work in at A&M in the anesthesia department. So, so you went to school at A&M. That, yes. that was your school. Yes. And then, so after you come out of, after you, now you're a vet and you come out into the world, where's where the first place you landed? Uh, I landed in Anna, which is how I met you. At Cold Springs? Mm -hmm. That was the first clinic I ever worked at. I did that work, I think about four and a half, five years. Dang, um, I didn't know that. You didn't know yeah. that? No. Yeah. I, I actually worked. That's your, where I first met yeah. her. What puppy was that was that you Mary? brought? brought it was, it was right after y'all moved here. Was it a Bordeaux? No, it was a Frenchie. Would have been Georgia. Oh, would have been Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, she's 14 now. She's yep. a dinosaur. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So, when I, um, but yeah, I worked there, and then I had Andrew and went out and did relief work for several years and then the clinic can explain what relief work is because so, re don't so know. relief work is where you go to different clinics and fill in so it, um basically you're the doctor for the day so that doctor can get a break kind of like a vacation. substitute teacher yes yep and so i did that i think three and a half years or something like that and then 
Dr. King owned Virginia Parkway Pet Hospital, and she ended up getting engaged. Who was my vet? Who was, yeah, you she transferred was my vet. over to there, <clears throat> and so I had relief there several times, and she called and said, you want to buy a vet clinic? So I was like, well, I wasn't looking, but... <laughs> <laughs> So ended up doing that, and then you walked in the door, I think. She called me. Yeah. She called me and told me she was selling her practice, and I'm like, boo! (laughs) (laughs) And then she told me, I think you might know who was buying it, or you called me somehow. You came in not long after I bought it. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, it was just... (laughs) It was fate. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that was so that was Boo when Dr. King called because we had floated around trying to find a vet that we liked or a clinic that we liked. We liked Cold Springs. We liked the vets at Cold Springs. I liked the vets at Cold Springs, but I, not the, the, staff. the rest of the staff, the staff so was, much. So we had bounced around several times until you'd found Virginia Parkway. Because and, Dr. King. and I'm going to say this because you know this as a vet, but as a as a client of a vet. And I've said this for years. Don't you know who I am? No, <laughs> you, can, you can love your vet. I own this but, clinic by now. But if, but if, but if the, if the, if you don't have a relationship right. with the staff, you call and they don't a, know who you are. There's a disc. Yeah, there's staff a disc. Know who you are. That makes her furious. Because you have a relationship, you know, and I have a lot of dogs. Well, I mean, and that translates to our business, too. When people call and I know who their dog is. Exactly. And I, I know, you know, it's you the tell same. me your last name, I know exactly who your dog is. That I'm sure that means something to them. Yeah. Right. So you, you, that, you like that one guy, that one male vet that was there. That, at Cold Springs. At Cold Springs. Dr. Fazino. Is yeah. that his name? Fazino. Yeah. He saved B's life. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was, he saved B's life. And, and he was amazing. I loved him. <clears throat> He'd go back into that clinic 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night call me with an update on her because I thought I was going to lose her. She was, she was in, in the hospital for like 12 days. I thought I was yeah. going to lose her. And I loved him. <clears throat> but his staff, you couldn't get to him because you, you have the staff that throws up obstacles and it's, it's, just, it's critical that your staff, that you have a relationship with them. And, then, and that when you call them, they're not hosbies. And even if they even if they don't know who you are, they need to do a good job they of pretending that they do. Well, they, right. They're representing exactly, right. and so you want someone who's going to represent you well. Right. But that's in any business. It's right. true, and that's, it can be hard to find. Yeah, because like the front staff needs to be perky and outgoing, and then the back staff needs to be, you know, concentrated and paying attention to what they're doing. And yeah, so it can be hard to find people. Yeah. those spots yeah so when we started with the rescue this was a fun process <laughs> <laughs> there from the beginning well you have been there from the beginning but you know we started we were small and you know you're you're it's this is it's hard to explain and i'm gonna let you explain this because typically rescues don't do everything right. like we do and we and when we set out from the beginning that was what our intent was but sometimes our Bank account didn't match that, you know. We didn't always have the funds, and we try to do everything that we possibly can do. But you know, you were always worried about how we're spending here, and you know, should you be doing this and should you be doing that? Because you right, and <clears throat> and most vets, I mean, most rescues do the best they can, but they are financially limited by their donors, right, and where they can get their money from, and so. Um, you know, and I worked at the SPCA, and, you know, you have herd med I mean, it's herd medicine, H-E-R-D, yeah. where you're 
the welfare of the entire thing is taken into account. Right. And so when you're used to working like that or you've worked in that for rescues, we talk several times about how, you know, we'll do everything we can until the money runs out. Right. Because, it, you know, <coughs> at some point I expected it to slow down. Yeah. Not run out, but slow down. Right. <coughs> and she, village, said that, she said that to me like a hundred oh, times. Oh, yes, I did. Well, <laughs> you know, when I'm sitting there racking up a bill and, and it's, you Well, know, because on her end... You're, we're racking up a bill, and you're right. worried, is it like, are the donations going to stop, and they're not going to be able to pay this? Right. So, right. you know, there's the, there's the logic of it that comes and you, in. And y'all have run into that with other vets, too, because mentally that's how we see rescues, because we know there's a limit. And so we're trying to work within a rescue means versus, say, an owner means. Yeah. And we, we just had this conversation on a podcast two weeks ago or something ago. about how we had to, like, train the er vets to trust to, us to, right and, to, and right what, and, and that say, comes from you know people at, and it and it's owners want to do whatever they can mm -hmm. to save their pet yeah but you also have to have the financial means to be able to do that right and so a lot of times we'll hear do whatever you need to and then it comes to the bill uh, and it's like well i can't pay that yeah so it's it's you, you have to weigh all and that's we're not bankers, so it's hard for us. To, and we, every person is different, so every person knows their finances. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I don't ask people for what they make, but I have to know what you're able to pay, to, to spend, because I don't want you to have to mortgage your house or not be able to feed your kids to fix this animal. Right. And so, unfortunately, <coughs> for veterinary medicine, we don't have you know, government subsidies and everything else to pay those bills. And so we we're financially constrained in a lot of cases. And so, you know, that's part of, you know, what weighs on us is we want to do everything we can, but we're limited. Right. And because you're limited hey. and you have, you know, this person comes in the door with their dog hit by a car or whatever it is. And they're frantic, and they, you know, save my dog's life, and you have to sit down and spell the facts out at that point, financially, right. and you're going to get that in any ER. They're going to work up an estimate before right. they ever do anything. And then this goes, this leads into the conversation that we want to have with you is, is about the subject of veterinarians and suicide and where all of that stems from because the statistics are high vets and are killing themselves and all of this leads into that subject of the pressure of your industry and I want the public to understand where that comes from because all of us have animals that we love obviously but not everybody understands the limitations that you guys have and that you can't just do it out of the goodness of your heart because that, that's what gets thrown around about vets in the threads that we have on social media, the rescue groups, you know, there's a dog that's hit by a car, or whatever, whatever the rescue situation is, the public is chiming in, why can't that vet just work on it for free? I thought they loved animals. You get that kind of stuff that's thrown we, in there. It, that gets said to our face probably weekly. Yeah. And it's, it's, the problem is we are small business 
we're not insurance or government subsidized. We're a small business owner yeah, and we're cash based. And so everything that we bring in to sell, we have to pay for. Right. And, but that's part of, you know, as far as this suicide issue that's going on is so many people think we're only in it. I don't know how many times I've been told I'm only in it for the money. Right. And that I don't care about that, and that individual you're rich. pet. And that you're and rich. And that I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was reading through a lot of data. You know, now I came out owing 92000 in student loans. Yeah. And now it's up to, you know, I think it said like one in five or something like that come out owing 200000 Jeez. Our starting salaries are sixty to seventy thousand. Yeah. Starting doctor salaries are like two hundred thousand. We we don't make near the money that a doctor makes. But you go to school. But for you just pay the same amount of we school. We pay the or more. Yeah. Depending on where you go and what you do and that kind of thing. And so you know a lawyer can go get hit. You know, and it's a, like a hundred and forty-five thousand. They're making right. And and you know that's very broad and generalized, yeah. mm -hmm. but. A lot of vets make like a hundred, maybe a hundred and twenty-five. We're not rich, you know. I've had people say, "Why aren't you driving a Mercedes Benz?" I drive a Honda Pilot. It's because I can't afford a Mercedes Benz. Right. Right. I don't make that kind of money, and you know, I've got a building to pay for. I've got electricity, utility, you know, all the insurance, employees, yes, yes. medicine. Staff, you know, the everything that comes into my clinic, I have to pay for. Right. Which means when it leaves the clinic, someone has to pay for it. It's got to be billed in some and way. And it's got to be billed in some yeah. way. And and a lot of the general public doesn't realize that if I do something for free, no one gives me money for that. Right. Right. And so then I lose money that I need to pay for other bills and that kind of thing. Right. But that's a very established thing that... And, it, and it's getting worse because, you know, everybody's budgets are getting smaller. And, co of course, COVID just... Well, COVID, made. let's talk about what COVID did to this subject. Because from our standpoint, in the, in the rescue world, everybody went to get a dog. Right. Every, because they're all locked in at home. So they all want a dog. Everybody so wants a dog. When the lockdown started happening, uh, you know, talking with my vet school friends and stuff, you know, we're all worried that business is going to go, you know, way down. Yeah and wondering how we're going to pay bills like ours yeah yes. ex exactly <laughs> exactly i mean i figured i would be right there with y'all yeah. i would have probably been baking cookies with yeah. you. <laughs> but um it didn't uh everyone went and got a pet everyone's home uh so they're noticing what's wrong they're noticed right they're noticing you know the stress factor of owners suddenly being home all the time you know you might not think that could stress your pet out but if it's a cat or the something, kids are all running around right, right. Um, all day so they're more active so more accidents can happen yeah. so in the vet world in the last year things have exploded like we are inundated with animals and you know we're living in an area where thousands of people are moving here so add that on top yeah. of everyone wants to come to the vet we're scheduled out i mean we're filling up a week in advance you know sometimes surgeries out two weeks and so the schedules fill up and it's got to go somewhere and that because used to the emergency clinics were only open when we were not mm -hmm. well the, 
that medicine's changing. I mean, I don't know when they, I can't remember when they opened 24 been, hours. I can't remember I either. Two years ago? Yeah, it was, it was more than that. I think it was a little more than that. Yeah. But. Well, a lot of the clinics too right now, if you're not an established patient, oh, they're not, they're taking, not taking you. Most of the clinics in McKinney are not taking new patients. Well, and all no. the special the specialists are yeah, you can't, oh, this you is, can't get in this anywhere. This is not only this area, this is nationwide, industry-wide your general practitioners are thoroughly inundated um the referral clinics are inundated you know cardiologists internists Neuro. oncologists neurologists Derm. i mean we're talking months, months to get yeah. in with them yes and and so all of that adds another layer of stress to our profession because we're human and we can only do so much in one day right and you know when clients call and they're upset that we can't either get them in right then or the next day for something that's been going on for several days again you know like there's days i'll take in four sick pets but at some point i have to cut it off yeah i'm gonna say no yeah i'm a single mom so i've got to pick my child up from school i can't <clears throat> be there all you know veterinary medicine has changed used to the vet was on call 24 hours seven days a week but that is not sustainable yeah it's not sustainable because you have to have that quality of life and work you know a life a life right you, you have to have that work-life balance in yeah there. and the industry has really come to recognize that in the last several years which is part of why the emergency clinic started opening up because mm -hmm we can't see everything so we've kind of moved into this model of it's more like human medicine and and, it, and it's hard for people to understand that that if you call your doctor up that day and they can't see you what are they going to tell you they're going to go to the, the ER they're going to take you, you go know, to urgent care go to the ER exactly yeah and we get a lot of pushback for saying that yeah but it's like we just physically cannot see one more animal yeah and that and really it's not anything personal no it's and and i think a lot of, of owners take it that way yeah because they feel you know and i've talked to some owners recently about it because they feel like you know you don't care about their pet yeah you don't want to see their pet i've been a client for all these years and you're not getting me in yeah because of the old model of well we'll just stay here till 11 o'clock at night and i've done those nights yeah I can't do that with a child. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> well, even if you didn't have a child, like you can't, yeah, you still you can't need that do balance. that because yeah. yeah. the burnout. Mm -hmm. So veterinary medicine has a burnout. I, I didn't. I couldn't find like actual numbers or anything like that. But again, there's only so much you can do in a day, mm -hmm. and you have to find that balance. And the industry has got to a point where they're saying. We need that balance. That's why a lot of clinics aren't open on Saturdays anymore. Yeah. Because you may be open from nine to noon, but then you wouldn't get out till four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you wouldn't, you'd have one day off a week maybe. So. And with that, the damage that's done to you emotionally and psychologically, and I mean you, I mean veterinarians, right. of taking the hits from people that you have to say no to, we can't get your dog in, then, they're, then, then they, wh why? why? Why, you know, why can't you see my dog? Right. Why, you know, 
and, and, and that and that it, it, that hurts you. That it you does. Know, it does because it's again, it's not because we don't care, and and my staff gets hit with it harder than I do. Yeah. By the time you know, if it gets to the point where I get on there, they're usually calmed down and and have thought about it a little bit, that kind of thing, and I've explained it. But you know, the staff a lot of time takes the brunt. So not only are we having a lot of burnout in veterinarians, there's a ton of burnout in the staff, right? Receptionists and technicians, right? And and the turnover is very high. The um, which in turn makes the, your job that much harder, right? Because then you're having to train <laughs> right. more people, and then people are frustrated too. Because by the time you've developed a relationship right. with the front desk person, and then when you feel like it's a revolving door well it's the same thing what i go back to of whenever you call a place you want them to know who you are and when your staff is changing all the time it's hard to keep people up to date on that so i'm gonna keep my toes it it just happened it just (laughs) happened she's wagging her tail at you (laughs) so when i called tonight no it's pop pop i called tonight to the er and the er is no different than you are yeah they're inundated inundated. like we frequently are in cars in a line out to the road yeah Yeah. ricky right now is still not in at the er oh he's He's in the portico with dazzle and sweet caroline but when i called and the lady said now tell me again are you dallas dogger or are you dog ranch rescue yeah and so she didn't even know yeah yeah and that i mean every and that again that's nation that's nationwide my my classmates are having the same problem with turnover Get down. Get i mean down. it's just everybody covid just exacerbated what problems were already there yeah and the mental health of america just is not good it's not so no one has patience right yeah it's right. all about i want what i want right now and they and go from like zero to red yes, it seems no, like in 15 seconds she gets yes. the, right. so she gets the same I, thing I with, yeah with with people. applicants and yeah. people that she is interviewing to adopt it's the same yeah, thing it, it is people and are on edge yes yes and and i can understand why everyone's you know we've had it yeah <laughs> i mean it's it, it, i can't understand it but realize that taking that out on other people exactly is affecting those people yeah well and and i always like equate it to you know think for a second whatever it is that you do for a living do you want to do that seven days a week until 11 p.m until you're you're burned out and you you know that's the that's the point that's that's the point that i want to make in this podcast is i don't think people recognize that that because they think about they think about themselves and it's their dog and they're not thinking what this industry is going through because i don't think they know they don't know and and the people that i've talked to about it they once it's explained to them then they you know then they kind of step back and go oh i didn't realize all of that yeah and i didn't realize that was happening um you know veterinarians and suicide have always been high ranked um but now we're looking at veterinarians are three and a half to five times more likely than the general population to commit suicide yeah and most of us succeed with that first try yeah because you know as veterinarians a lot of what i was reading it's usually either firearms or euthanasia (laughs) solution Uh yeah because our industry you know because you guys know how to do do that and you have access to it and 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 that is you know and day after day we're dealing with you know there's days 
there's been days I've done five euthanasias in a day. And you have to go from an appointment with the euthanasia to, you know, where the family's just distraught and crying. And you turn around, you have to pull yourself together well, that to walk in for the puppy. Right. Yeah. The, fa- and you the happy do that. family with the right. puppy. And yeah. you do that all day long, several days, you know, and, and again, seven days a week, yeah. 24 hours. That takes an, it's an emotional, emotional it's a it's an emotional toll and it, and it's um, it's called compassion fatigue where your your mind just ends up burning out because of it yeah and 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 it's not just veterinarians that deal with that medical per you know doctors and nurses we all deal with that so in those industries there's a very high suicide rate too yeah. Um, I think it was 2014, uh, Sophia Yin, who was a really high-profile behaviorist. I don't know if if you ever read, but, like, she was at the top, very well-known, respected, and she committed suicide. And that's kind of when all of this really blew up. Mm -hmm. And then there's been some other, (coughs) um, you know, high-profile vets that have, you know, I've... I have people that I know from vet school that have. I've got some classmates that that struggle with not doing it. Yeah. And I've lost a niece and a nephew to it. So it's it's out there. It's just the public does not know what we're dealing with. Yeah. And when you're again euthanasia puppy sick dog, and uh, so for vet school it's very competitive to get in. So our industry strives and kind of pushes for the type A personality that wants to be a perfectionist. And, and so we walk into this industry and walk into this job already primed for, you know, because of failure to feel bad. Yeah. Mm. Because we want to fix, we want to do everything we can to fix that animal. Yeah. And when we can't, that hits us. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's a struggle sometimes to, you know, have to euthanize that pet because there's nothing more you can do. Or, you know, the big ones are the financial constraints. Yes. But that's highly part of our industry. Yeah. And, and well, and then getting hit with it afterwards <laughs> yeah. of like, why don't you just do it for free? So right. you already feel bad about not being you able are, to fix exactly. it. Exactly. And, and that's then, not and then an you issue in human medicine. No. That's an issue in veterinary it's medicine. A, yes. Yeah. Because in human medicine, that's not something they really deal. You know, they don't. Do, their goal is you do whatever you can. Yeah. Well, and there's hospitals that take people without insurance. <laughs> well, if you can't, right. if you can't right. pay the bill, you can't pay the bill. But they're not, you're not going. Right. You're still going to get treated. Which turned the government down. pays for. Right. We right. Don't, we but don't. That have doesn't that happen in veterinary back. medicine. Right. I, and so, we get these phone calls. You know, we do from yeah. the ER. Where I mean, usually it'll be a call that comes in really at late nighttime. at night, early in the morning, where there's. You know, we, right. the very last one that we just had was, she said, the they wanted me to yep. euthanize her, yep. and I went to euthanize her, and she kissed me on the face, and I couldn't do it. Yep. And so, you know what I mean? It's terrible. Yeah. And it's, it's an awful thing to, for as a veterinarian to have to euthanize an animal that is completely treatable. And, and so, exactly. Some Those are actually, you know, the ones that are really sick, there are, you know, they can't You're walk. helping them. You are... are relieving their suffering right but when you have a medical condition that's treatable i mean i've euthanized puppies for parvo i've euthanized puppies for broken legs and 
But but it's kind of like shelter medicine. You can't save every one of them. Yeah. But it goes home with you. Yeah. It does. And she uh, said those words to me because because I struggle with it too with a rescue animal because yeah. I want to do everything I can. And she said that to me at least 10 times. Oh, you yeah. can't save every animal. You yeah. can't. Because you can't. Yeah. And, and it's a horrible thing to say, but you have to look at the big picture because, you know, sometimes it's if you put all the money towards this, then that's usually when I'm talking to you about it. You can spend this much on one animal or save these 15. Right. And so, which, they, I mean, with the, again, the village... Luckily, we've never had to be right. in that position. Right. We, you know, when we make a decision to euthanize, it's, it's never over money. Right. right. It's never. Always, and like, like, with, like with little Richie, it was, we can't help. We can't, money couldn't save money him. Money couldn't right. save him. Right. Yeah. And, then, you know, and those, I'm not saying those are the easier euthanasias because none of them are easy. Yeah. None of them. No one wants to have to push that plunger. Yeah. Well, and that's but, what, that's what Dr. Rolf said yeah he said i don't want to euthanize him he's a sweet right puppy. but but you're not he, knew, he, he said this is what we need to do yeah. Yeah. because it it's that or let them die on their own and most of the cases like that it's not a pretty way to go no no and so i'm thankful we're able to do that it doesn't make it any easier but um you know that's another i mean that's part of why vets are higher up on the list I mean, we have accessibility to it. In our minds, it is a way to relieve suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so for the people that are, you know, the vets that are dealing with severe depression and uh, that type of thing, it's a way out. It's a, it's a, it's a way to end that pain yeah. Yeah. and that suffering. And, you know, we were talking earlier about the Internet, and people have to think about what they're doing and saying because what they're typing yeah what they're, they're, si they're sitting at home and what they're typing and putting out there into the world yeah. for every business because it ruins for everything it ruins businesses and there have been vets that have committed suicide because of the internet yeah because we can't come back and tell the full story yeah. so all you're getting is one side of the story usually from a very distraught owner that didn't fully understand that that, you know, if they'd have called and said, hey, let's sit down and talk to this or, or about this, then we might have been able to figure it out. But it's easier to go vent. And yeah. then once one person vents, everybody jumps in. Yeah. Even people that, that's, and I've seen it happen to y'all, yeah. even people that don't know what's going on. Yep. But legally, because of, you know, the doctor-client confidentiality, we can't step up and defend ourselves and and, See, and, that's and what's give really, the, and give the facts. Yeah, and, that's and, what's really and give frustrating. Our side of the yeah. story. If somebody right. gives a negative review to us, I can come right back on there and say right. whatever I want. But right. if somebody does that to we you, I, you can't we do can that. We can reiterate and clarify what that owner has said to a certain point. Um, I didn't but, know there's any confidentiality with oh, dogs. Oh, oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, he's a doctor. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a dog. What, no, we have do, we have still, do, we have rescue yeah. dogs that Laura calls their vet to, to yeah. ask, and, the, the, and, you and the vet will not release records. it. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. yeah. It's, pa it's pa patient doctor confidentiality. Yeah. They well, are I th I th doctors. I thought that would be like a they like, are doctors. Like a human like thing. Yep. You're thinking just like straight up HIPAA. It's not yeah, yeah it's, it's HIPAA. not fully HIPAA, but it's similar no. to it. And some vets do it, and some vets don't. Yeah. When we call for references, right? And it just it just depends 
on, I, and for us, it's kind of <coughs> what are you calling about, right? Yeah, type of thing. Mm -hmm. If you want full records, I mean, an owner saying yeah. it's okay to right because people will try to get things that they have no business having, right? And <coughs> that kind of thing. But you know, people, the the public needs to understand that what you put out there has a profound effect on the person you're talking about right. because they are people. That's they right. are people, and, and I think. I wouldn't say necessarily put us on a pedestal, but it's like they grade us like we're not human. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, and it's like we are human mm -hmm. and we have emotions and those things build on us. Yeah. And, and they hurt. They do. They do. And, I, and I've and i dealt with it. You know, um, I think it said one in seven vets or one in five have, have dealt with cyberbullying. And, and I know of the one vet up north, I don't know names or anything, but the whole story got blown up and it was totally false. And it pretty much almost shut her clinic down and she committed suicide because she was being berated for stuff that wasn't true. Yeah. And that's the big thing is, again, it just blows up. Yeah. And, and the thing with like Yelp and things like that, one negative review counts a lot harder on you it takes probably i don't know how many positive how many good reviews, a lot but like one negative <clears throat> will drop you like two stars yeah but it may take 10 positives to get you back up <clears throat> so like i don't even look at yelp yeah yelp is a scam yeah yelp is and, and, and yelp will also extort you to yeah. fix yeah. that you can pay, you can pay yelp to remove so, that negative so review so for yelp i have negative reviews yeah mm. from people that have written multiple negative reviews mm -hmm. and they have them plastered at the top yeah but then underneath not recommended reviews i have a slew of five stars but right. they don't count them that's yeah. their game that's yeah yeah because and then it, they can get you to pay to get rid of those bad ones yeah. yeah and actually but people don't know that yeah I, and actually i quit looking at yelp a long time Me too. Ago yeah because about a year after two of the negative reviews, they showed back up again. So then I got docked even more. Ah. Mm. Now that those two I did, I go, y'all already posted this once. You can't post it again. And if the people are posting it, you need to do something. So they did take them off. But I mean, that's it. I'm not saying that no vet makes a mistake. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, justifiable complaints but that is not how the internet runs yeah well and, and that, well, is, and that is that is one thing about the internet is that it seems to the the chaotic and the bad seems to get more traction than the good yeah. well and think of so much of it in off of it yeah well, feed off of it. but in in you know medicine specifically there's a huge lack of understanding from the general public when you explain something to them they either didn't catch it all, didn't understand it, don't remember right. it. Well, and you, you know, can can't be, regurgitate it. And you can so, also be talking to someone in a, you know, in a, in a traumatic state well, where their adrenaline's the peak. They're not thinking normal. You know, they I can't mean, hear you. I've, yeah, I've, 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 I've been there too. I've, I've been the guy banging on the ER ER yeah. door in the middle of the night. Um, and and the, um, there's been studies that show, in a, like a routine appointment. The owner only retains like a third of what you tell them. Totally. I, I can't retain any of and it. So I put it all through yeah. her. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I will say. That's I'll why you repeat it, yourself over I and over again. I repeat myself over and over because I have learned you have to. 
So you add the stress of a dying animal or the stress of a you know critically ill animal on top of that, and the owner can't retain everything you're telling them, or you know everyone takes the information in differently, and in that moment they can't ask you to explain it better. Right. Yeah. And so there, there's, there's. And you're also pressed for time in an emergency situation. Yeah. Right. Right. Like if I have questions in an ER. I, I bring a dog back. I know something's like really, really bad. It's like, I don't want to go fix the dog. I'm yeah. not going to like, who cares anyway? Yeah, but, even, like, but, they have, have, but it comes to, it comes to money in that yeah. situation. Yeah. And right. That's, and that's, the that's thing just an, is, like an, an extra layer of suck. You know, yeah. Like yeah. if there's like a hit by car, we'll run it back, put it on oxygen, maybe start a catheter. Try to stabilize. But then we have to talk to the owner and say, this is everything we have to do because they might not have any money. Yeah, yeah. and I've had that happen. Yeah, I've had absolutely. it happen where two young kids brought this dog in, and the dog had had a seizure at the dog park, and they were like, "Do whatever you need." And I'm like, you know, this. Yeah. You know, I did. I did estimates and everything. Well, my mom's gonna pay for it. Oh no. Oh boy. And it came time to pay, and at first she said she would, and then you know what? I'm not gonna pay for it. I told him not to get the dog. So here Yeesh. I am with now a your saddle dollar bill. Right. Of medicine that you've already used. Yes. <laughs> and, and that she's already paid for. Yeah, it's not yeah. just services of you caring for it. This is like yeah, you this know, medicine that's exam. injected yeah. and now gone. Right. Yeah, Oxygen right. is not cheap. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. not. And and so and pe- but people don't, you know, they just they don't, don't think of those and things. And that's why I quit doing, you know, pay you know, payout because you'll have people sign a promissory note and then they still don't pay right and what's your and, recourse and most people that have to do that end up not paying you. right and they'll they'll swear up and down they'll pay you in the moment but i've had at a point i just had to say no more yeah is that, you know i hate that i can't do that but i can't keep absorbing these costs right, right. these guys have ruined it for the rest of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean that that is just the realistic part of it is that we are not subsidized. We are not government funded. So anything we do for free comes out of our pocket, which affects our bottom line. Right. I hate that it comes to that. We, every vet, you could talk to every vet out there and they would say, if we could do it for free, you know, as far as all the treatments and everything, yeah. we You'd probably would. Well, it would. How much of the stress would it take away if money was not a concern with the client? For oh, you just treating tons. animals. If it's everything. I, that, and that, that's what sets y'all apart, is you have this huge support system in the village that you can get on and say, I need money for this animal. Yeah. And we can do whatever we need to do to help that animal. You can right? do what you've gone to school to do. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. Now, y'all are one of the few rescues that have that, and I hope the village understands how big a I deal I don't know if is. they understand that. Because I, that is... The support that the village gives is huge, and this is not the norm. This is, this, y'all's rescue is not the norm. And, and there's rescues that struggle because they want to help the animal, right? but they do good to get them vaccinated and, and heartworm tested and fecal tested and find and them a home. And spayed or neutered, yeah. Right, yeah, and so, um, you know, I'm thankful we started this it grew into something that neither one of us ever imagined. <laughs> Only I mean, Laura knew. Laura, yeah. imagined, <laughs> Laura imagined it all. 
She's just over there dreaming of buildings and a dog bus. And she, well, because and like Kurt's I'd say shaking what, his head. The first three years, we probably I I would ask. I would be like, "Is everything still going good financially?" Yeah. You know here. You know, and all the big ticket ones, I would call. Mm-hmm. I, and um, because I I want to keep you informed to make sure that you realize what's going on and and that was the big struggle you had with the ER and and the internist and stuff is that that's not the norm and so in thankfully our mind, we're way past that with everybody yes, now yes. so we're, everybody goes oh it's dog <laughs> <laughs> I understand when I say okay I'm going to bed now. Yeah, yeah th- this was always funny. The, the, mm-hmm. with, to, to just tell the stories of what would happen, and then they'll try to call you in the middle of the night. They're like, they don't, I had this one dog in the beginning where I went to bed, and they didn't give her You a, know, at 8 p.m. She go, Laura goes to bed at 8.30. <laughs> they didn't give her an IV overnight because I hadn't okayed the IV. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to like train each one, like look, <laughs> look, buddy. <laughs> look. I'd like to know what note is on your chart. <laughs> well, because when you That'd say to them, when you say, when you say to them, very sweet, at the ER, as, give yes. this dog anything it needs. You have my approval. They and, go well. You want and you have what my credit card. That's just right. not how they work. Well, so it's right. just a form. but that comes back to. That's what every owner wants to say. Exactly. But, but every owner doesn't leave their credit card at the ER. Oh, no. so well, but even credit if, card is even there. if they did, though, like some people would still say, "Hey, you charged me for blah 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 blah." Right. Because they had that to learn happens. And right. trust that her when she says they'll come in. You know, I want this. I need. I want it. You, you, you'll. You could go over an estimate, and I've gotten to where I try to make estimates. And you'll go over that. Oh yeah, whatever it needs, and then you do one more thing that wasn't on the estimate. And suddenly it's a complaint about the entire bill. Yeah. Right. And they've never had that with us. Right. Like, we've never come back on but not one time. But it's taken a long time for them to trust that when but you say it, you mean it. Yeah, but, that, but the norm, the, the routine is dealing with people coming back at you for doing something that they didn't approve. Because, right. yeah, right. you guys have to do that every single time yeah. with any certain individual, whether that's a... You know, individual right. with just a dog or a rescue, or you right. have always constantly have to reiterate. You like, have to this let, is, yeah. Well, describe this is the road that we're going down. Because you're dealing with a new person each time you're going down Seriously. these alleys. Each person has different financial right responsibilities and income. And again, I'm I I do have to talk to owners about fi- finances because of that. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone is different. And again, I don't want you to mortgage your house or not be able to, you know, I want to fix that animal. But, but you your want child, your kids to get groceries. Right, right you know? exactly. And we've talked about that on podcasts before when we were talking about euthanizing dogs. It's okay that there's a, there's a number there yes, for you. Yes, it is okay. Yeah. It's okay. It is you know? okay. You that's, need that. And, I mean, you need And everybody needs budgeting. to find that out. You know, everybody's yeah. different about that. And that's okay. Don't feel like you have to, you know, Max out every credit card to try to, you know, run every CT and MRI to try to find the brain tumor. You know, it's okay. Let's just think right. logically. But about I'm sure this. you see people that come in and go, oh, do whatever you can do to, to help my dog. And then you, you do it and, then, and they see the bill and they go, oh. I didn't mean that much. Yeah, I don't know if you And that then much. some of those people are the ones that go online and mm-hmm. ream you to right. death. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it, vet medicine shouldn't cost that much. Shouldn't cost that much. And, and here's the thing: is you're gonna get different prices, and it's just like Walmart, it's just like Target. 
McKinney costs more than Durant, Oklahoma. Well, yeah. of course. The I mean, cost of living. Uh, go to Hawaii and exactly. go, go to the grocery exactly. store and see what you pay for and a so, gallon of milk. So <laughs> what I have to pay compared to what another vet has to pay could be totally different. Right. And and that's all economics, and I don't know how all that works, but it's it that's how it happens. And, like, again, coming back to I'm a small business owner. I am not corporate. So, you know, looking at like Chewy and pet meds and that kind of stuff, they buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't buy in bulk. So it's going to cost a little bit more coming for me. Right. I mean, like, like HeartGuard and NextGuard, we get discounts, like the discounts to give to the owners to try to compete with them. But I can't buy medicines for what the corporate... You can't buy pallets of medicine. You can't can't. get a Costco of medicine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a small business, and it comes down to, you know, do you want to support your small business or, you know, that kind of stuff. But even, even even that statement, I'm a small business, is something that I don't think a lot of people think of. I think, I think in their head... You know how, like, in the, in the old westerns, you got the doctor that's, you know, he's got a shingle up that the doctor's right. in town? You go in there and see the doctor, and he does whatever he does. A veterinary practice is a business. It is mm-hmm. a small business. You're paying rent to be there. You're paying insurance to be there. You're paying for all the medicine that's in there. You're paying for all your staff to be in there. Yeah, I'm sure that's before a dollar. That's before even a dollar comes in. Yeah. I mean, Whether a dollar comes in or not. Right. I mean, probably half of what you make in a day, if there's one doctor there, goes to expenses. Right. Yeah. And that's probably not even paying for your staff and everything. Right. And that's one reason, again, people think, oh, well, she's a doctor. And I, I mean, I've had people say that to me. Well, you're a doctor. You make plenty of money. I don't make what an MD makes. Right. I'm, plenty of money is a relative term. I don't even <laughs> make, there's a lot of industries out there that make a whole lot more than I do. Right. I'm not in this. If I'd wanted to make money, I could have been a human anesthesiologist or something yeah. and making 300000 a year. Right. That wasn't what I chose. Mm-hmm. And every vet out there chose this profession because of animals. Right. And, you know, if I'm making 100000 and and there's, you know, all my staff, because my staff doesn't get paid what nurses and everything get paid because we can't, the the, at, com- at the comparison point, of the two industries are really cannot even be compared. No, they can't. And and the thing is, is they think we're a hospital and want to treat us like a hospital, but then get angry that we treat them like, a, you know, as far as like scheduling appointments and that. Because, t- again, your general practitioner, if he can't fit you in, he's not. I would never berate my general practitioner for not getting me in that day. Right. You'd go to urgent care. I'd go to urgent care. Right. Which is what our emergency clinics are. Mm-hmm. And, and does it cost more? Yes. yes. It does. But you're also sick. And it's also because, you know, there's time in our schedule for sick pets. And once that fills up, I mean, I've been overbooked for months every yeah. day. And then, you know, to have people get angry at you for not taking, because you get told you don't care. You don't care that I've been a client forever. You don't care about my pet. Well, the ER, well, that's just more expensive. I don't want to pay that. Yeah. That's your choice. Then Either. you don't care about your pet. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, you it's kind of. You want to throw that back at them. Well, I mean, it's kind of, you know, 
I'm giving you options to have your pet seen. It's right. like we tell them, you know, no, and it's like, well, we don't care about your pet. We don't care what happens. That's not true. We're giving you options. You can either wait two days, which, you know, on some things I say I would not wait two days. Right, right. Or you go to the ER. But please don't get mad at us and yell and scream at my staff because we could not get you in today. Mm -hmm. Right. What you want to say is, like, I've had 10 other people call that need to get in today also right. that are in front of you. So even if I even if I could, even if I agreed to see you today, it's going to be 2 in the morning before well, I can get and to I've you. Well, and I've had to tell some people that have been long-term clients, you can drop your pet off, but I can't guarantee I can see it. Yeah. So if I can't see it, you're going to have to get ER. And then they get really mad. Mm. And it's like I'm trying to off, you know, I'm trying to do my best to help. But there's only one of me. Right. Yeah. Like, and this is the situation. And what is the situation? It's triage. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you well, that's what Ricky you could, just said. You could, they're you they're could, triaging right now. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, We're in a so, line. sometimes at that ER, man, exactly. you get some wild stuff that's going through yeah. that door. And it just well, comes in. And you look at, so like, again, I'm coming back to the general practitioner. We already have a full schedule. Yeah. We have this huge, long schedule. I see probably, if, you know, surgery days, I probably see 12, 15. I could see 20 to 30 in a day when you already have that and you have a full schedule, you can't, you can't fit more. No. You can't, not unless you want to be there till 10 or 11 at night. By yourself. But, well, and you know me, I'm up at the clinic on weekends yep. doing paperwork and cause I'm trying to see animals and then I got to go in on my own time to finish the paper. We can usually communicate with her like more effectively like what we need to do on with the rest of, on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. When she's not have more time. <laughs> All the scheduling gets done on the weekends. <laughs> That's why I like never want to call or text her. Ever. Like if I if one of my dogs needs something, I'm like Oh, every I time I every time every I text time. her, I feel bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel terrible. I feel I'm, terrible. I'm not her. I won't even do it. Tell you how I feel about it. I'll make her text you. I always get the text from Renee. I don't get because Wessel Wessel like so like Benny worried about Benny or something like that, and it's like ten o'clock at night, and I'll go text Doctor D. No, he's like ten o'clock at night. I go, she's up at ten o'clock at night. No, I talk to her all the time at ten o'clock. No, Laura. No. And, and then, and then if, I, if, I do, if I do, like you said, text her, I'll say, my mom said it was okay to text her right now. <laughs> 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 my mommy said she said it was My mom said to text you. <laughs> exactly. Because it, it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. It's your off time. Like, I don't want to bother you with this well, because right I don't want behavior calls at 10 p.m. Exactly. Like, oh, my poodle peed on the fridge again. Like, I, I don't, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> this is, this is, tell me if I'm wrong. This is how I feel about this situation. Dr. D and I are friends. Are. We are friends. I mean, we've been through th Dr. D, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her name, but we're friends. <laughs> She's got a name. <laughs> I still, I and still when call I, her Miss Eden. And when she <laughs> does. That's funny. I do. I did that's it for funny. years. And so that's one reason I don't really say anything about the Dr. D. I still call you Miss Eden. You call her Miss or Mrs.? Miss. Miss. Missy or Missy, a lot of times I'll just say oh. Missy. Our relationship 
when I text her, and I will do it at any time of day, but I don't expect a response. <laughs> right, you just leave, oh, yeah. you're leaving it there. Yeah, just leave it there, and I know that she'll get it to me when she can. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to text her and go, "I need an answer right now." <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> no, that's what I do that. too. You I leave the it there and say, "I need her on the phone right now." I have had to call yeah. the clinic before and say, "Because if I'm in surgery, yes, I do not carry my phone. If I carried my phone, I'd never get anything done." Right. So my phone is at my desk at work. So. So, yeah, if you need, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you're in surgery, go call the clinic and get her on speaker and go in there. I kind of oh, really? know your schedule in my head. I kind of know where you are. Yeah. And if, if it's, I know what your days off are. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I never want to add to your burden. Yeah. I don't either. I don't, I don't want to add to your burden. And like I said, I throw stuff out there that she knows that the, the text that I'm sending her that it's not emergent. It's just information I need to get to her. And then if her. I see it and it is emergent, and if it is if it is emergent, or you call, or I call, yeah, yeah, because of, you know sometimes I mean sometimes things You've are called emergent. me very early in the morning. Before. I have called yep. you before very early in the morning. When Bob's and it's okay. <laughs> I would never call her unless it was like dire. Dire, yeah. yeah. I am trying to be respectful of people's time. <laughs> I just never, I never want to add to your burden. I love like, that. My mom said. Yeah. <laughs> I get it all the time. I'm pretty, pretty sure I've done that to you. My mom said to text you. I have a note that says I can text you. Because I don't know if I'm asking something and it's like ridiculous or stupid. Yeah, that's why. That's why. See, they bring it to me first. Right. Sometimes we're panicking too, or I'm seeing something where I'm like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is an emergency, but I need to bounce it off someone yeah, because I fully because yeah. It. Once again, I've been to the ER in the middle of the night, and somebody comes in for something. The whole place is getting their asses kicked in there. Yeah, and you and, come in because your dog somebody has a comes in where it's just like, oh, I can't throw up, up on the like carpet. three times today. Right, it's like get out of here, <laughs> get out of here. Put that thing back in a cat see, box. See, I'll see stuff, and I don't know if like if that's an emergency or that's not an emergency necessarily. So I like. Yeah, I have to. I have to qualify it by asking someone else that. I, uh, and yeah. the thing about it is, if you guys come to me with something that is an emergency, I'm not going to her. No, you're you going go straight to the. You're going to skip. Yeah, I skip that step. she's like our veterinary one is yes. She's like our veterinary liaison. She's the because everybody has a role. I will tell you, like y'all are welcome to call me anytime, and I will tell you I can do this now. Or you need to go to the you ER. You need to go to the ER. But we've done it for so long now. We right. we know the path. Yes. Like, oh, this right. is wrong. This is our path. Right. right. Oh, I still this cringe. Is wrong. Right this before is our I press path. send, yep. I still yeah. cringe. It makes me I, sick. I always think, yeah. 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 And then Don't when you correspond back and forth, it makes me sick the whole time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I always wondered why y'all were so short with me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be respectful. Because we're respectful. Try not to be pain in the ass. Yeah. They well, start their text that's, with, I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. Because I imagine that's, you know, even even I get, I'll get calls even like during normal business hours and, or behavioral stuff or what do you think about this or that or some situations are meh and some are like really serious and just for me personally, I know that really stresses me out in like normal business hours. So if I had somebody, if, if I had a job where I could be potentially getting called at like all hours of the day. Well, it's like when can you like really calm down? Right. You know, like um, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose that career. Well, yeah. that you know, when I worked for David, mm -hmm. where, where we met, you know, we were on call and we'd switch call and everything. You would go to bed at ten, but you knew between ten and eleven, 
that you weren't going to be in bed anymore. Yeah. Because that's large animal when you get called out on farm calls. And and not always. Some of it was small. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, our industry has changed from, you know, James James Harriet is not sustainable to where you're, you know, all the time. And, and, And it shouldn't be sustainable anymore because we have the ERs. We have the... You know, yeah, this is in small town where nobody else where is no around. Is. And, and there know. are vets that still have to do that. Yeah, I right. Mean, where they're the is. only vet in town. <laughs> right. Well, like yeah. our donkey vet. Yeah. So he's he does that. Yeah. Like he's gone out to Millie's house and but I will a say, donkey on a Saturday. I, I have noticed that even in large animal, they've cut back. Because it's not, it, it mentally and physically is not sustainable and you you know the running joke in vet medicine is you can always tell who the large animal vets are because they're broken down a lot quicker than the small animal that's hard it's 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 hard hard work work. and and you wear yourself out i can relate just like grooming dogs you wear yourself out yeah it hurts yeah so i can't even imagine like horses and stuff but I, i think that's what a lot of the general public needs to understand is that it's no longer your grandfather vets medicine yeah not only in you know the work lifestyle trying to balance that but also in the medicine itself because what we practice now is not what was practiced back then the medicines are totally different the diagnostics are totally different it takes a lot longer to treat one animal than what it used to because used to, you were a lot of times just guessing. You're slapping or, a Band-Aid and pushing or, it out or, the door. Or you're, you're Dr. Poling it. Yeah. <laughs> I was exactly. trying not to mention Dr. Exactly. Poling because I know how you feel about it. But yeah. when I watch that with different eyes now, I can see that there's yeah. so much of that. There's just like slap some antibiotics on it and it you know, it'll be fine. Great, it makes for great TV. I watched it one and a half times and saw that. <laughs> <laughs> when I malpractice animals dying because what needed to be done wasn't done. Yeah. I was like, I can't. Yeah. And I know people love it because he's great old. Well, guy. but it's a different demographic there. And it and it and, and it's a different. It's more rural. It's and very rural. Yeah. Right. Poor yeah. community. Right. Yeah. So they don't have the money to right. spend that. I mean, you know, right. I, they have cases because I watched it all the time. They I have cases too. that come in that you it's know, good it's a hit by a car with a compound fracture or yeah. something. They say we don't have the tools to fix this. You need to go. Yeah. You know, here. Hardly ever. Do they send them somewhere else? Right. No, that's old school. Well, but mm-hmm. I but I think there's there's two reasons for that. One is because that's just not how they operate, and two is because the people can't afford people it. People can't afford it. But or there know, is nowhere else. But, if it's but, there is. Yeah. They could go to the University of Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the thing is, I, the the little I watched, I watched two animals die that didn't have to die. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, and then one large animal case that I was like, you just pulled that cow over by her broken leg and I about died, and I'm just like. That's not how it's supposed to be anymore. Yeah. And he has been brought in front of the board multiple times by veterinarians. Oh, really? Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Well, again, well, and it's also, I think, like, I, th- I think sometimes with, like, you know, livestock, people treat it differently than, say, like a dog it or is. something. It is. And it's, it there's is like a, there's like a There's, like, a different mindset yeah. where, yeah. So. Yeah, but, I, like, I watched it recently, and there was a, a dog that, or it was a cat. It came in with a, a pretty badly broken leg. That really needed surgery and some pins and plates. I mean, just looking at well, the no, X-ray. Get amputated, Doctor. No, office. they put everything in that stupid. Um, 
What's that stupid brace called? The splint. The splint. The one that they Thomas put on splint. The one they put on goats. Yeah, they everybody's get everybody yeah. gets the splint. Well, like three weeks, like three weeks later, it's still broken. It's still broken. So they end up rotten. amputating it anyway. Like, yeah. should have just done that from the beginning, or, you know, I don't. It's like it's just. But see, the, it's still entertaining. But like, when you look at it with different eyes. Yeah, vet medicine has become very much like human medicine, and and animals have become people's family. Right. Yes. That's not how it And used 50 to years be. ago it wasn't like that. Right, exactly. And that's one reason that we've had to adapt and change how we do things because again, the medicine takes longer, the medicine costs more. You know, we're treating pets like humans now. Yeah. And so you're not going to But you don't want to pay for it like humans. You're not going to walk out of there with a $50 spay right. because they're getting a catheter, they're getting IV fluids, they're getting pain medicines blood work you can get it done for fifty dollars you gotta go to the low-cost trailer yeah, it's a injection they get it done and they survive or not and, yeah, and yeah. that and there's a need for that i'm not knocking that because i've done spca work and i've done low-cost work before there is a need for that and if you're okay with that and that's what you have to spend to get it done and do it but don't berate don't knock me. it yeah. don't attack me for not doing, doing it that do, way right Exactly. Right. It's like it's like um, you know medicine on the battlefield. You know, trying to patch stuff together the best you can with what you've got, versus you know being at you know Mayo or something. Right. It's right. It's, we're it's, talking about apples and oranges here. Yeah. Right. The apples and oranges comes in when we get criticized as a rescue, with you know the adoption fees or how much we charge, or sometimes you know in posts I'll explain like we're doing an. How much heartworm treatment is? How much? How much it is for an ultrasound? How much it is? This one needs an echo. This needs an echo. This one needs, a, especially like the orthopedic surgeons, and how right. much it costs to like fix a broken hip or put FHO. pins in or do an FHO. You know these these surgeries are They're multiples expensive. of thousands of dollars. This is a two thousand to a five thousand dollar surgery, and then you'll see people on our page go, oh, I just don't know why they have to charge so much. You know <laughs> where they live. You can get that for eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, the, where where you live yeah. isn't the same expenses as where and, we and live. And here's the big difference. And the quality is probably not. The well, same. so one, the biggest is the surgeon doing the surgeon is a board certified surgeon. He went another three to four years of college, of schooling, in or, you know internship, residency. He's they, not Doctor Paul. He's yeah. They are board certified, and they run things like a human hospital. Like, fully hooked up to all kinds of monitors, the anesthesia. It's a human. Like, a human could have surgery in that suite. Yeah. Right. And so that costs a lot more than a dog that gets an FHO with just an injectable drug and an intubation on ISO. Yeah. And that, that, and it's not to say that there's not vets across this country that are doing it that way. There are. And, that and, and, and again, I'm not knocking that. Right. Because... For the person that can't afford the board-certified surgeon, there's right. a need. Right. But we're getting knocked for it as a rescue for paying because we're spending that money. Yeah. And I always go back to what Kirk said in the very beginning. If this is how we do what we do, and if you don't like what we do, then go and get your own rescue. Exactly. <laughs> do it however you want. <laughs> and do it however exactly. you want. Yeah. I mean, again, y'all do like 10 times what the majority of rescues do, but you're treating that animal as if it were a pet. 
someone's right. pet. As right. if it were my dog. Yeah. Right. And that is how y'all set the rescue up. And again, the village is what makes that possible. Yes. If the village didn't support, y'all wouldn't be able to do that. No. You and we also do that because, I, I guess I'll just speak for like me personally, I don't want to be involved with something where it's like, I had to cut a corner on some dog to like save a buck that I'm showing everyone, I'm sharing their story. Right. And I have to shave a buck off doing this or that, and that dog dies. I don't know if I want to do this I, anymore. I'm not going to do anything. If we, we have to we half have always it. said that, yeah. that yeah. if we can't do it right, we're not going to do, do this. Yeah. That's it's not necessarily right, but it's it, we're, I'll just say that this is, that's, right that's our way. It's right for that's us. Our way. That's right, Wes. Because, yeah, it's, you know, just in, in talking about burnout, there's a lot of rescue burnout, too. Yeah, you know, so much. You know, <laughs> yes. You, 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 and you jump in, I think, with, the, like, the same type of intentions where it's just like, man, I'm going to. Because it comes down I'm gonna to I'm going to save that. everything. And then once right. reality hits. You can't save And your all. credit card bill's way over, and you're yeah. just like, you can't, and you're just done. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that same thing applies in rescue. Why can't you just why can't you just rescue the dog? Well, I have to have, I have to have money to pay right. for it to be vetted. Otherwise, what am I doing? I mean, that's how people get into like hoarding situations. Hoarding situations. Yeah. yeah. You have to have the foster available to right. nurse this dog. Yeah. The that to help. Or if somebody has, a, has of, somebody has a dog yeah. and like just recently and they had a bunch of puppies and, well, what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah. Because we can't. We have no fosters. Well, we're reached out to every day for yeah. something yeah. that we yeah. have to take. I've, I've, you I've, can't take every single one. Right. Yeah. I've been yelled to. at at the phone, too. They call yeah. me. It's just like, I got this dog on the side of the road. And it's just like. And they get and, mad and, 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 yeah, and they go like, oh, like, what good are you? And it's right. like, well, this isn't my, this, you know. Well, <laughs> you found it. This you isn't my it. job, man. Things I'm not like an emergency that. room. You we know, like. Yeah. I'm sure you guys get those calls, too. Like, way more than I do. We're not an animal shelter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. They'll bring it into you, but they don't want to be financially responsible for it. Right. Well, you should do this for free because I found this dog on the side. Well, they've done their humanitarian. Right. Now you do yours. (laughs) It's really easy for them just to pass that over to you and drop it in your lap. That's our responsibility. That's the shelter. You know, that's That's what what the the animal shelter is for. Yeah. Right. You need to take that dog to the... If you stop and help that animal, you should be, re- you know, you got to be through. responsible for that animal. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it comes down to <clears throat> I can't treat everybody for free. And, and that's what the animal shelter is for. Yeah. And, and their emergency number is for. And that's, that's where, and shelters usually have a vet they work with for that, that the city can pay. Mm-hmm. Not everywhere. I mean, that's not everywhere. Yeah. But if, you know. If, if you take one in, then you're immediately, you know, everybody thinks they can bring a stray animal to mm-hmm. you. And then that would put you out of business. Right. Because the city's not covering the cost of what that dog needed. Right. And so then, you're, then you're in some cities and in some counties that don't even have an animal shelter, especially in Texas. I mean, I'm, I'm like blown away by it sometimes. Yeah, we get those calls a lot. We're like, we don't have an animal There's shelter. There's no shelter. And I'm like, whoa. You know, There's usually one within an hour. Well, within an hour, yeah. but like, you they know. don't want to drive an hour. Well, and a, a lot yeah. of the others, <laughs> like, they yeah. want yeah. to They're going to save hour. this thing and then run. And run then you come get there. it. <laughs> yeah, back in the good old days when we weren't so busy, we could <coughs> traffic and shoot a hog at 10 o'clock at night. And, and we and go, what do we, what, what do we do? And then we go, call, call Dr. Art or talk, call Dr. Reno. And, and, and she'd go, okay, go to Walmart, get all this stuff, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, meet, I'll meet you there in a half an hour, and, 
and we'll dress this hog for you. <laughs> I have gloves on. It's, it's gloves. Yeah, this is what hilarious. Else? And a tarp. Yeah. So, okay, so you have to go back and tell that story. So we have like a little hog problem out here. We don't have a little hog problem. We have a major hog problem out here. Wild and boars. Yeah, I don't know if we, if we can talk about this at all, but... I, mean, I don't see why not. Why not? It is what it I is. I mean, I've always kind of wanted to talk about it. But they're predators, it's, it's and they're dangerous. Well, they're not predators. They're, 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 they're predators. They are. They are. No, they, they are. are. They're, they're dangerous dangerous to you, though. They're destructive. They're very destructive. But they'll and kill it, your dog. If you encounter them back there with your dogs. Wild, wild hogs are a huge problem in Texas. Yes. Yeah. And they are very destructive, and they multiply greatly. They're not afraid like of you. Yeah. And, and and they make good bacon. A hog, a hog, <laughs> a hog has a hog has no cattle. natural predators. Um, they don't have any fear. They go wherever the heck they want to, and rip up and destroy your. So property. before we tell this story, because doc, Dr. D, Dr. Dr. Reno. Reno. <laughs> She just flash on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Reno. Every time she says it wrong, just flash Reno. Reno. Back then, back then she was Doctor D. She yeah. does. She does. She has. I mean, she correct. hunts. She knows how to hunt. And she's country girl. She knows. I will say what I what I do hunt. I eat. I don't hunt for fun, but but she knows how to dress an animal, and that's well, like the story vacation, that we're going she, to. She inseminates deer on vacation. She does. <laughs> that's that's how she spends Dang. her free time. Yeah. So she knows how to dress out an animal. Okay, so so we have a hog problem. So one night, Trav kills a hog that was, you know, encroaching on the property. It was one of the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a bad one. So, but now what? Like, we're sitting What do called, I do yeah. with We don't know yeah. what to do with it. We're from Southern California. In a well, they don't have hog problems. We don't know anything about dressing animals. It's like, what's that, Gone with the Wind? I don't know nothing about birthing babies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know nothing about dressing hogs. I can't remember, was it, was it you? No, it had to have been your mom that called because you wouldn't want to. I wouldn't call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd have never called you with that at 10 o'clock at night. Well, I knew I shot it. It was my thing to deal with, but I mean. But well, I'm was, absolutely calling. But it was, I'm calling Dr. D. It was a good, it was a good, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was a fantastic education to like. Okay, so, know. so, we, hog day. Down, Trevor was texting shots, shots fired, hog, hog down. down. Shots fired. <laughs> and it had to, it literally had to be like nine, ten o'clock. It was late. At night. It was like ten oh, o'clock. Oh, yeah. At night. Yeah, it was like ten. So I said, I'm calling Dr. D. Mm. So I call her up and I go, We shot us a hog. <laughs> what do I do? What do we do? We want to eat it. I don't want him. you to fix it. We just and want like, to eat it. She's, <laughs> as if she's supposed to tell us what to do over oh, yeah, the phone. Yeah, give me a yeah. And she goes, She goes, I'll be over there. <laughs> here, 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 she said, she she Was this when she said, still lived up here? Yeah. yeah. So at least she's close. She's like, I did provide some strawberry wine. Back then, when she, she lived arrived. like, yes. you live like two minutes away or something. Yeah. She says, she, she gives us a list of things to shop for at Walmart. And it's like you're going in there <laughs> because you're going to uh, have a murder. Right. You know? <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at yeah. night, and I have to go to Walmart yeah. and get like tart and knives and gloves. I'm thinking you're going to come with like exam gloves. Nope. No, I got the, the, I got the lamb gloves. Lamb like gloves. old ladies would wash dishes with. The Playtex gloves and then their yeah, gingham like at a, the top. It's like the palm olive lady. You know? Yeah, there are pictures somewhere. She, took, she took pictures. There are pictures somewhere. I have them. She took pictures and she's sending them to her brother and just fucking it up, just <laughs> laughing oh, at these man. Southern yeah. California. We were mocked. That was true. a great night. It was <laughs> a great night. We had cheap wine, yeah. lamb Strawberry wine. And I had hog dressing. <laughs> and I learned a lot. I mean, I did. Well, I we did, did it again after that on, yeah. our, on our own. Yeah. Because I had, was thoroughly you educated learned how to cut by this time. That's right. You know. So the Sh next time show we had one, one, do one, teach one, teach one. Teach yeah. one. <laughs> I could do it. 
I can dress out a lot. You did it. teach Laura. I have no. She doesn't even eat pork anyway. Yeah, she doesn't eat bacon. She doesn't eat bacon. I don't even know how we could be friends. I don't either. That's just just, just like another planet. doesn't eat bacon. Yeah. There's no good bacon on those hogs anymore. So, yeah, we'll have to put our hog pictures in there. Yeah, there is. Well, there's no. Yeah. Those hogs were like so bad, though. So, one night we're going to dinner and we were going down the road out here and we looked down in the field and there were like 400 hogs in the field what does she do she gets out of the car Video walking down there. Get Wessel, that Wessel include that video. Well, there's like this Shoe big hog. old daddy hog. You know, <laughs> he, he like laser like focuses to on him. her, and he's like gonna come for her. These hogs she are like 400 pounds. Yeah, she yeah. flip flops on, and she's like gonna try to run in the pasture. <laughs> Dummy. This, this right. is right off of 288. That's right there on well, 288. Why are you going out on the right south the side? Left, it's a big open pasture. Yeah. Sometimes it's cornfield. Yeah. Like so I step houses. out there with my flip-flops on, and the, and the, the field had been plowed, so it's big clods yeah. of What dirt. are you hoping to accomplish when you do that? I wanted video. Because it was your choice. What is there just to get video? Film it. Video. Film it or it didn't happen. I support that motivation. It is kind of amazing. So I step out into those dirt clods, and Laura's screaming at me from the car. What you Oh, he's bananas. He's looking at you. He's looking at you. And I stepped. Like, and like it was. It's like those shows you see where tourists and there, there's a grizzly bear out there and they're, they her. walk out that there with her. their camera and they want to go, here's a Snickers bar, yeah. uh, a grizzly bear with puffs or something. And I'm like, she's going to fall down in those flip flops. I did look down and assess my shoe situation. And then your distance. And I'm hearing Laura cackling in my ear from the car. Sandals were a bad choice. Sandals were a bad choice. And I'm eyeballing that hog and he's eyeballing me and I'm looking at those shoes and Laura's cackling and I'm like I better get back to the car <laughs> I could get in some trouble here I, I mean every time I go past that place I look out there <laughs> and remember because it was like you couldn't believe it was real it was yeah. a great video you know? I mean, that was, yeah. see I sacrificed myself you'll have to see the video it's yeah. there's a lot of them. Stupendous. It was unbelievable. And those you, things you are sacrifice big. yourself for a social media post. <laughs> Why I didn't even post it. No. Media. Yeah. no, you're I going will. to though. It was for our. It was for our. It was for our own. View our own going. Well, yeah, because that's that's like a mile away from our house. Yeah. yeah. And that's what. Well, that wasn't even a mile. That's, that's, a mile. That, that's what's in our backyard all the time. It's less than a quarter like, mile. Yeah, especially I mean, down at Trav's house. Like shoot, at any man, time, he I could shoot a video of hogs. I could show you so many videos of fifty, hundred hogs in my backyard. Over and over and over. And they're not again. even afraid of you? Not really. Yeah. Not he says really he's at all. walked out there with them. I can in the dark. I have countless videos of that. Um, because, yeah, I mean, they're like incredibly invasive. And, yeah, they'll just come in. And I work my ass off to, like, you know, clean this property and make sh make it all nice. And, man, they'll just ruin it oh, in, man, like, they a week. It looks yeah. like, it looks like a, somebody tilled the property in, like, yeah. one yeah. night. You can't one even, night you can barely even walk through damage. it, you know? Yeah. They'll completely ruin trails and just all kinds of... Cause yeah, it's you know I've always been into guns, but I've never like been a hunter or like had any desire to be, but like kind of been forced to like, and it's took like years to where I'm finally like you know what, 
fuck them. You're like, because <laughs> you, you have to do something. You have to deter them in some way. And whatever ones you get are just like a drop in the bucket. Yes, I'm not yeah. fixing anything. No. <laughs> I, had a, I had a professional come out to the property one time, and I, I talked to him for a good long while and like picked his brain. And what he said is always stuck with me. He said, people don't understand how completely out of control this problem is. And then in, in like problem. in like in like a couple of years, and he said this a couple of years ago, you know, this is going to be way more known. It's going to be way and more. It's, been on the new, it's, it's, been it's on going to be news, way more of an been, issue. But what he yeah. what he said to me, he said, if every man, woman and child in Texas were to kill 10 hogs a month, you wouldn't do anything to their population. Wow. You wouldn't do anything. Well, if they're like it's regular so, pigs, it's so out of control. A litter of twelve every six three months. months. Yeah, yeah. Six is, months. Six well, months the, the gestation is like three short. months, three weeks, and three days. And so I think they can. I think they can have two litters a year. And they have you know. you know anywhere from eight to twelve or whatever. You know, I, I had a pig growing up as a pet. Like I, I yeah. love pigs. Super smart. Um, I mean, but these things are just... The, these things had, like... There's just nothing else to do. I'm sorry. coming out and... Tusks. Tusks. Well, yeah, a pig is one of the only animals that will change morphologically based on its environment. So you can take that pink pig that, you know, and, and put it in the woods for a year, and it will look like those hogs. It, it will change and run. So. <laughs> yeah, and with, one of the issues, I guess, with that is... Because I, I have a friend whose wife, and she, she was raised on, on a hog farm. And so that's, like, you know, her thing. And they, they would come out and, like, hunt sometimes, too. Um, but she said that a lot of these hogs are like first, second generation like farm pigs. Yeah. Where some mm-hmm. farmer just, just I don't, out. I don't know what, I don't know what their motivation they was. Get, they could, they, they, get they, out. they couldn't take care of them anymore. They get they out, the or closes down, and, and, and yeah, and Wes is, Wes is exactly right. Those hogs get out in the wild, and they just figure it out. Man, they're super yeah. smart. Yeah, they yeah. crossbreed. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I don't like shoot them every time. I probably only killed like. Maybe fifteen. Yeah, and like, you gotta call Dr. In like three years. Yeah, I gotta call every time. <laughs> I'm glad well, I don't know how to do it now. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, always like late at night. Like I don't want to go over yeah. there and dress a hog yeah. at eleven p.m. That's, 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 that's why, that's why I don't shoot. Yeah. Freaking cold. It's, it's like twenty degrees out. There. Yeah, it's twenty degrees at eleven p.m. and I gotta yeah. go dress a hog. Because you guys are all lazy. Nobody will help me. Are you kidding me? The good alcohol. <laughs> Nobody so, yeah, most, she one. Most, right. most of the time most of the time I just go out there and shoo them away I just have to create some kind of deterrent it's not anything that's going to be consistent but I just want them to get out of I course, just, of course you see hogs at all times a day I've, I've walked I have been walking my dogs and straight walked into a pack of 50 hogs at 12 noon back there mm-hmm. you've done it too uh, where there's there, there's no consistent Only one time. there's so many of them no, where they, there's like there's no- Go! Go!
consistency. Well, there's different times. Ex well, so there's like different times to different packs over multiple miles. Like and they're not afraid of you. And they're not afraid and of you. Some of them are like 9 a.m. It's yeah. just their travel pattern is where they yeah. end up. Yeah. You know what's really interesting that I, I've always wanted to ask you about is that I've, um, in the last like three or four months, um, I've seen it, I, I've seen it multiple times and I do, um, I do have pictures of it, but there is, it's freaking crazy, it, like gets my hair up. <laughs> there is a white coyote mm. that travels in a hog pack. I've seen him over you months. You took a picture of him I have once. Pic I, have, I have pictures of him. I have pictures of him, but I've and I've seen him multiple times. He's got to be a domestic dog. One, one time, no, it's a coyote, man. It's a coyote. But it's a white, it's a, but it's a white It could be a, you know, half dog, half. Maybe, Kinda. but like, I just I just thought that's so weird. Where and it's it always like, hangs with the hogs. Mm -hmm. How weird, weird is that? And when and when the hog pack is alerted with fear, he moves along with them. He's not hunting them. That's I've crazy. seen it multiple times where I'm like, oh look at that coyote. He's gonna get one of them hogs. No, he has no prey walk. He walks with the pack like he's a member of the pack. Nuts. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Have you heard of uh, red wolves out here? I haven't heard. Of There's uh, red coyotes, maybe. Well, there's no wolves here. I know there's there are um, cougars. In there's a cougar in the car. Because I was standing in line. At, uh, I've seen him at the local bars. DMV <laughs> recently, and I was talking to this guy, and we we're talking about the properties and stuff. And yeah. he showed me a picture. I guess it was a coyote, but it was, it was a red coyote that was with hanging out with pigs. Yeah, they come in different shades. He, he, yeah. he had a picture of it. Yeah, but they will driving down this road. I can honestly say I have visualized they will interbreed. What? What? Coyotes and dogs? dogs and coyotes. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 So it, well, yeah, those people down that like road, they, yeah, they, their dogs are out all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. dog breeding, it's not like, you know, they go out to a nice Italian restaurant. And, like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, so um, it just. It's just weird for me for a coyote to approach a dog without wanting to eat it. You know, hunt a little yeah. dog, but like when a. Because if my dogs met a coyote, my dogs size, would though. chase it off. My dogs yeah. would chase it off. But, you know, if dogs, and in the country, there are dogs that just live outside and live out on the farm, and they're basically out there like a coyote, so. Yeah. They're roaming. Yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like their, you know, their mindset or their pack mentality is kind of the same, you know. But for a coyote.
to hang out with a pack of, of pigs? It's I'm telling you, man. I see it. I've seen that's it with my own. Weird. I've seen it with my own eyes He's so got many times. He's a picture times. of it. So put the, I, have a, I finally got a picture of it. I shot a video of it one time, and I like pressed. I double tapped record, and I had like this. I was just nailing it. Like there's a pack of fifty hogs. Like there's the there's chip. the coyote, and then. <laughs> You didn't have to. He, no he double tapped. He yeah. turned it on. He turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I did scream the f word after, but because like I, I nailed it. I, I saw the pack moving. The pack was alerted to me. I saw the coyote see me, and then they all just took off. They all just took off together, and I watched them go 100, 200, 300 yards away, and they're just roaming together. And I've seen it multiple other times, and I, I it was crazy that the, the the time that I actually got a picture of it because I was just like. You know, most of the time, like I said, I'm not like I'm not going to shoot a hog because basically it's just too much trouble to deal with it, yeah. and I'd rather just shoo them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, and they are good eating, and then I will shoot one. Uh, but like, um, I was just out there, and I would, I'd just been like waiting, and I was just like shooting different videos, and I'll send them to you guys because I always like say like you know. I live in the jungle down here, man. I get all the wildlife, <laughs> so like here it is. So I, ju- I was just looking to record a pack of hogs. And then all of a, I'm recording. All of a sudden, it's just like here he comes. You thought like, you were here recording. Here comes here comes my my white coyote. And I was like, holy crap! Bing bing! Picture picture picture. So I, I got a bunch of them. Yeah. Which is like there he is. He just like comes out in the trail. All hogs all you around. He like he like he like looks at me, and then. Well, if they're live photos, you should send them to Wes. He could turn them into a video. Totally, yeah. They are. They yeah, are. If they you are, have live photos, yeah, I could do. They're all live photos. photos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got mud on his legs, but he's white. And I've never yeah, seen a white coyote before. Like white, like a Samoyed white? Well, he's not. Well, he lives in the wild, so he can't be like a Samoyed. No one's brushing him every day. You know, Should call like, him two socks? He <laughs> 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 tomorrow. Call him one sock. <laughs> no, he has no interest in me. He actually helps like alert the hogs that I'm there, and that's that's what he does in that shot. And he's helping he them, sees yeah. me first, and then he gets alerted, and then all the hogs, the, the hogs followed his alarm. Like it is, it is like a working thing. I've seen him multiple times because I'll go out there and walk Maybe all the time. Maybe a mommy hog found him as a little puppy. I don't know. <laughs> if a, it I'm, sounds like a Disney movie. It does. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a Disney exec to text me, and I'll sell this story. It's like Pumbaa and Timon are out there but with no, Simba. It is, it, it's for, just for like, original you know, song. I, if anyone I, has an original I, song that we can use. I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of weird stuff out there, and that's like one. Thing that I, I think it's like more of a behavioral thing, but I always kind of wanted to talk. Trev's house at is least, like a hundred yards away, but it's like a whole different ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, it is because yeah, I'm, like, I'm like I'm fifty feet yeah. down. It's cooler. I get way more. You're the bugs. mosquito pit. Yeah. yeah. So. My favorite. Pup. My favorite word. I was talking to some old some old farmer out here about. I was, I was going to get chickens from him one time. We're talking about coyotes killing your chickens, and he he said, "Well, are they in the timber?" You got your coyotes in, in the, the timber? timber? In the what? In, in the, the timber. timber. In the timber. In the woods? In the trees. Because yeah. lives down there in the timber. Tree. I do. <laughs> Wood. Timber. 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 In timber. In the timber. Hillbillies. Texas hillbillies. <laughs> no timber. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have way more coyote activity, too. And you got snakes. De- you got deer. and you got oh, more I got snakes. I got tons of snakes. You got more snakes down there. Than I've we seen got. deer on the road, like, coming in in oh, the yeah. morning. Coyotes yeah. in the road. Deer on the road. I saw a deer at Moise Garden one morning. Yeah, I was in the in the back of the in the kennel yard, you know, doing my thing, and I looked over the white fence and I saw this thing standing out there. It's after eight o'clock, and I looked at it. And it was a damn deer. In yeah. Moise Garden, like eating yeah. my plants. Well, around there in the front yard. <laughs> you didn't get a picture of it. 
Didn't happen. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One day I was coming right past the um, Flying J, and this huge stag ran right in front of my car. Oh, Holy we've, crap. We've, we've had dogs run across. Oh, I've had deer run across. At night time. I mean, I was lucky I didn't hit him. Yeah. Yeah. They run across at night. Yeah, I've, I've always you've got heard my... my owl story, right? Have yes. I told the owl story? Oh, I don't think she's heard I your owl story. Holy crap! This is this is quite <laughs> a story. Holy crap! Okay, I'm driving from here back to my house, and it's dark. It was it must have been winter because it was only like seven o'clock or something. And you know that road? Um, you go down five forty three, and then you take that one over. You mm-hmm. know that kind of does this. Yeah. I'm on that road, and there's trees hanging over, and all of a sudden these are all back. These are all back roads. Back roads. I don't yeah. even know what Country number road, it is. roads. <laughs> I drive it three hundred million times. I don't know what number it is. Anyway, I hear something hit the top of my car. What the crap? Uh, something yeah. significant has hit the top of my car. But I'm thinking I just went under the trees like maybe a log fell off or something. So I start kind of doing this. It's late at night. Nobody's there. So I'm just kind of trying to see if I can shake it off. Nothing. Okay. Well, I'm almost home, so I just keep driving home. And then, you know, kind of forgot about it. And then when I got out of my car, I looked back up at my roof, and there's an owl, like, hanging upside down by his feet he's from stuck. the roof rack he's of my car. car. And I think rack. he's, he's got to be dead. You know, he's, like, hanging there She's and trying moving. to do this. I'm doing this, it. trying to shake the owl <laughs> off my car. So, it's, it's like a like, 90s action like a movie. We're night <laughs> like, get out of my car. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Saturday night at like 7 o'clock. What the hell am I going to do with an injured owl if it's alive? And how the hell am I going to get him off my car? He's an owl. She called Dr. D. She sends a picture. I got no call that night. I don't know. Did I send a picture? Did I? She had no glam gloves. No glam gloves. I had to go in the house and try to get some towels. She sends a picture and she's got a damn owl. Hanging from her car. She's like, what do I do with this? At your house? Holy I'm in my driveway and I have an owl that's hanging on the street. Well, this is before you lived there. This was years ago. (laughs) But he's hanging like from the roof rack. Like he's stuck in the roof rack by his leg. Like his talons got stuck in like a crack And the crack of my roof rack. Probably when I was doing this. (laughs) Yeah, I really locked him into position. (laughs) So I send Doug in to like go get some towels. Let me see if I can like wrap him and try to get him unstuck without him, you know, biting my finger off. Because yeah, you can take your finger off. And then he starts flapping and he's flailing and like, ugh. And you know, now he's going to be broken of some kind. And it's Saturday. I'm thinking I'm going to have to have an owl in my garage for the weekend or something. What am I doing with this? (laughs) Owl Wranglers North Dallas yeah, don't go in the garage. There's an owl in there. It's called the owl. Anyway, I got the towels and tried to, and got him unstuck, and he flew away. He but flew away. I don't know. He could have died later. And you know where he went? Know. He went across the road and flew to my house and sat outside my house and went, woo, 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 Bananas. I thought, like, what the hell could be on the roof of my car? Yeah, we have to find That's that picture. It's an know? owl. Because you have it. It's an owl, and it's big. Crazy. Crazy stuff. All right, y'all. I think that's our podcast. That's our podcast. Until we meet again. Just we'll have to have Dr. Reno on again. Reno. Reno. I do want to say one thing. Yeah, Dr. Reno. Yes. Uh, going back to the vet suicide and, and everyone, it's kind of like a new mantra post-COVID, but everyone is human and just be kind. Yeah. Just, just take a breath. And realize that everyone's trying their hardest to to get through everything, and just be kind to people because like the internet nastiness, it hurts people. Yeah, and it's killing people. Yeah, and it's killing people. Yeah. So. And everybody needs to be aware aware before you go do this. Yeah. 
and say nasty things because because it's a lot easier to say those things behind a keyboard than yeah it is right to someone's face and what you're saying is directed it to a human being who has right. feelings and right can be hurt by what you're saying so yeah kitty be nice hey kitty I appreciate y'all having me. It was fun. Thanks for coming. Hopefully you want to come back. I did fully freeze in front of the camera. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Good night. Thanks, y'all.